imagination as in being able to access and bring things into this reality from somewhere else. It's this kind of muscle or this ability that can be cultivated or really worked with. And then on that level, there's two ways it can go. You can um, bring in all your fear, paranoia, all the reaction against the world. And I think for a lot of my creative life, most of my work was reactive to everything that's being kind of pushed on me. But I had kind of decided to only creatively express the world that I believe in, you know, the one that I want to celebrate. If you're like me, you might ask, where has imagination gone? We seem to have forgotten that muscle, how to even tap what's really inside us. It's sort of amazing when you think about it. We're born into a world where on any topic, there are these tuning forks that are pumping out a story about what that topic should be. How should we think and feel and behave when it comes to marriage or love or money or work or religion or really any topic. So we find ourselves trying to adjust our harmony to those other tuning forks. We're reacting to it. We're trying to make those things happy. We're trying to satisfy all of the demands that those containers and shapes are asking us to conform to. It's almost impossible to get in tune with reality. And there's a lot of guests on this show that have talked about how fake everything really is that we've created. And certainly that is true when it comes to one of the most fundamental topics, which is sexuality and uh, how we express intimacy physically, emotionally, spiritually, cosmically with someone else, how we share that and what that looks like. Because when you look around and when you're born into the world that we live in, you see porn and you see depictions of sex and advertisements and movies, things other people are telling you are erotic or you feel what's okay or not okay and it's all categorized for you on Pornhub and it's all spelled out in religion or in your culture. And everything is there for you to be a contributing member to other people's imagination. But one of the most powerful things that you can do as someone who wants to break out of that mold is to put those things at bay and put your energy into finding the original harmony inside of you and finding a way to give it voice. And that's what this week's guest, Alpha Channeling, really does with his art. Each image he conjures is a sort of poem or prayer or meditation on a cosmic part of this way we connect with each other and with ourselves. 
clearly his work has really caught on. He's got almost half a million followers on Instagram. He's been featured in magazines, reviewed by top art critics. He's had a solo show already, and he was nice enough to sit and chat, which we did. You'll hear some of that. We actually chatted just about as long after the show. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Alpha Channeling and that it wakes up some cosmic expression inside of you as you relate to your own body, to the magic and incredibly psychedelic opportunities to reach intimacy in completely new ways. This is Grow Big Always. I'm Sam Lawrence. I have to say, when I first saw your art, I had a really strong reaction to it because I realized that you were somehow, no pun intended, channeling a expression of who we are as people in very intimate ways that I just hadn't seen anyplace else. Uh-huh. I remember thinking, I can't actually put my finger on this. It's got like a kid-like quality. There's maybe a Mark Ryden-ish feeling. It's got this Tao Kama Sutra-ish part to it. And it was, it really stood out and it spoke to me very, very much. And not really even just like in a sexual or erotic level, just at a human level. It's a combination of a lot of different, uh, like I'm drawing from a lot of different inspirations. So I think part of the intention of the work is to find a format that lets all of that come through. Um, yeah. There's this kind of highbrow, lowbrow, kind of a spiritual and then a very base, you know, kind like of animal element. level almost. Yeah. And also this, this kind of dirtiness that uh-huh. I think is interesting to celebrate. It's something, I don't know, there's a humor to it for me, which has been a real relief to find an expression that can be that for me. By dirtiness, do you mean like you're showing things that typically people would be like, that's just so pornographic or dirty or something like that? Or what do you mean by dirtiness? You know, just just even like as basic as like the language like saying fucking or pussy right right. is kind of pulls it out of a category of of being respectable you know Mm -hmm. it just disqualifies it in a certain way which is cool because it's like for me if if uh i can filter out all the anyone who's gonna judge it on those levels Uh if they like stop at the front door because of those things that's a good thing it's kind of everyone has their own limitations i guess there's just something um like like there's boundaries that people have that that you're exposing them to or or, something or it's kind of like i don't i'm not going to engage with someone who that's their limit so oh, it, it's kind of a natural barrier like a if, filter yeah. if if the word pussy offends somebody that's great like they don't need to go deeper yep yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, how long have you been approaching this topic with this style and kind of just at this? It's not been that long that I've been on this particular vein of my work. I'd say about uh, four or five years, yeah. um, because there's you know I've explored a much wider range artistically and creatively. 
but this version of this kind of a synthesis of all my ideas has really had more momentum than some of the other stuff I've worked on huh. and kind of is more of about a practice than a aesthetic. Yeah, that's what's in, I mean, even in this vein, as you put it, there's such a range that you've got going here. I wouldn't say that there's like a, I mean, you're playing with all kinds of, of approaches where it's, even in, in media too, it looks like you've got like watercolors going on. You've got, I don't know, you could tell me what you've got going yeah. on, but there's a wide range and a, and just even within the topic of, how would you categorize the topic actually? Do you see it as erotic art or do you just see it as art or how do you categorize it? Erotic art, I guess, is a limited category. Yeah, um, totally. And it's not that I want to disassociate from it. So I've been calling it this utopian erotic is this kind of huh. phrase that I found that I felt comfortable with. So I'm even calling it erotic. But the distinction for me with erotic art and what I'm doing is the art is an expression of this huge, like wide spectrum of experience that goes beyond specific like sex mm -hmm. or even even if what's being shown is sexual, it's a focal point for every this vast kind of thing that flows into it mm -hmm. so it's like i'm using sexuality and lovemaking and all of this as the situation to talk about this greater life thing yeah no that's what comes out that's what's so cool to me is that usually i mean you look at a lot of these images and somehow you figured out a way to not have the sex part of it be so dominant in its communication that you it overshadows some of these other mm -hmm. things that you're bringing in, you know, whether they're spiritual or more just emotional. Like some, yeah. I almost had a reaction when I was looking at it, like, wow, almost every single one of these images is almost the manifestation of something I've felt in my head. Mm -hmm. If my brain could have a way of spilling it out in a way someone else could see it and understand it like a language almost mm -hmm. that wasn't literal. It was more like everything in life. There's, there's not a literalness to things. It's not like an anatomical science book when we're walking around looking at life. It's this organic living right, right. thing. So that's what you figured out how to somehow balance. Is it because it's not as realistic looking? You're using more of kind of a minimalist approach? You know, there's a couple things that I landed on uh -huh. that somehow let this thing flourish for me. One thing um, is for a while I'd been working pretty diligently on like studying the form and life drawing and mm -hmm. a kind of, uh, you know, this technique. And of course, technique and craft is this wonderful thing that isn't just for the sake of the perfection, but there's a beauty in the process. But either way, I was starting to realize that children's art uh -huh. felt way more powerful than the masters you know like uh that i could in a split second receive the transmission of whatever that expression of and why couldn't i feel that intensity from something that was so well done that you know, you could barely hope to aspire to that level of technique and it felt sterile it felt dead and perfect you know and then a child's drawing is so obvious yet you can immediately relate to that impulse to just draw that line impulsively or hasty way and 
it's not straight and everything is just kind of undoctored as it is and that really changed you know my intention I was just like that's way more interesting to me and I really want my art to feel that way for myself no amount of mastering the craft perfection will get me there if anything it's in my way so I started to change the way I was drawing and do things like time limits on my drawing and really just learning to tease out all of the stuff that I had been accumulating creatively as an artist uh, and start to reconnect to what is the feeling, why am I making the work, what is it that raw thing I want to say, and then stopping right away. It's kind of this threshold where you go any further and you start to diminish what you're making. Hmm. It turns so, to mud if you keep touching it. It turns to mud or it gets too perfect that no one can insert themselves into it. Oh, interesting. You know, and I think about that with, uh, you know, something like music production where once it's so polished, it's less personal. You know? Right. So I think that could be an element of what makes it maybe have an authenticity is that it's really direct, you know, and, and uh -huh. I'm not laboring. Yeah. And you're not zeroing in so far on it that you people can't bring themselves to the to it. You know, like there is such a simplicity to, like you said, a kid like drawing almost, but then you've got enough detail in the ideas, mm -hmm. but not so much detail in the ideas that now I'm starting to layer I'm starting to go down a few layers in communication and I have to kind of make some judgments on it. It keeps it loose. Yeah. You know, there's a looseness to this in a way that allows me to see myself in it versus yeah. too specific. That's what I'm trying to work with. I mean, the flip side of that, each pass gets more refined. Hmm. So, I mean, there is something nice about um, that refinement. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you actually was let's talk about the process a bit because the range of, I don't even know the right, spectrum to put this on so let's just call it utopic eroticism the range of emotional elements that you capture from picture to picture i mean sometimes it's just a couple hands twisted together sometimes it's something that feels very kind of out in the wild out in the in nature ish mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a real specific celebration of a, a a moment we've all had and other times it's like an array of people kind of all together in some sort of group situation that's a little bit more exotic. And I'm just wondering when you sit down to actually do one, are, are, you, are you doing them, first of all, one at a time? And secondly, do you already know, okay, this is something I'm trying to capture or is there a reference? Or are you looking at something and going, that's really hot. The part of that I really like of that is this and it makes me feel like this. And then you just start to create it or what's that process look like? That's where the channeling part of the name comes in. Ah. Because it's really the idea is to not go in with some kind of agenda or decision or predetermined thing to accomplish, but really see like where I'm at in that moment, huh. what feels like alive and what's activating me. Do you start with a stimulus though? Do you start with like, huh, this one idea and then you just let it go? No, I mean, it is really to start with, for example, you know, in this moment right now, we're talking, it's like, how do I feel right now? Hmm. It's like this checking in and hmm. what's the feelings that I'm having? What feels alive? Where's the energy? 
yeah. you know, in me at this moment. And then it's shaping it and kind of teasing it out and finding it. Yeah. So it's this trying to not impose anything on it, but arrive at it. And then yeah. as it starts to take shape, it just shows itself to me. And then sometimes I will go back to old ideas, mm. but I definitely... So there is another part of the process, but I do, you know, the, the best part is just connecting to that moment and yeah. seeing what is there. And I guess there are symbols there. It, it, it's kind of a vocabulary or a grammar that's developing. Definitely. Over time. Yeah. And so then I will reuse those things because they, they capture all that energy for me. It reminds me a little bit of poetry in that, you know, when I read a really great poem, I'm in and out of it pretty quickly. But then if I were to describe it to you it would take me a bajillion words and mm. there's a efficiency right right that's there that's packed in there that they've somehow found like you said they've they've connected to a moment that obviously it's not simple right it's not yeah, like yeah. happy or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this yeah. very nuanced element of life that you somehow connect with the channeling part are there other times though when you're creating and it just turn and it starts someplace? It's got to be right, like everybody. And you start to make something, and, it, and as you look at it, you go, "Whoa!" Like I didn't connect there, and it turned into just a big pile of spaghetti. I don't know what the hell this thing is. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think my version of that is as I'm shaping this, you know, a particular thought. I'll keep I keep iterating on it, keep tweaking, and you know, manipulating different parts to get it closer to what I'm trying to express. And then I'll look back at the end and see that the thing I had done 10 versions earlier, uh -huh. got it. And all of that extra work wasn't improving. It was diminishing it. So, huh. um, that's my version of that spaghetti you're describing. <laughs> but so, the poetry though, that's definitely, um, for me, poetry is like one of the, the most exquisite like the purest art forms and it's a major inspiration for me it's it's mm. what i'm trying to have my work be a distillation of something and just the the most minimal amount needed yeah to express something and i think you're doing it i mean uh, when you say you're trying i think you're you're doing because that's how we're both sitting across from each other right now like i found it to be that way mm -hmm. if it was if this was not operating at that level, and that's, it was interesting before you came over here, I was Googling, trying to find, is anybody else out there touching this utopic mm -hmm. thing this way? And it was kind of shocking because first of all, I didn't find anything. And the second thing is I was looking at, I guess, anything in this category at all. And no one, like everybody approaches it, like even like, okay, Egyptian art, stuff that goes way, you know, way back, right? It approaches it from like the cultural provocative part, right? Like, oh, we're going to show this thing, mm -hmm. right? It's very, but it's still very literal. Yours is expressing to me what art really is. To me, art is very much like a prayer from the soul kind mm -hmm. of a thing, right? That's what a poem is too. It's yeah, something yeah. that it's like a shout from the soul. It's like a cry out somehow. And for for at least, hopefully, everyone listening, sexuality is, is a massive part of our existence as we move through the world. Yet, there's not a lot of work that approaches it from, to me, a lot of, there's a lot of spirituality and a lot of the stuff that you've got here. That's what I see in it. Mm -hmm. 
other people may see, see something very differently, but it is that human expression part versus just like, hey, I'm fucking somebody over here in the bushes and it's on the side of a pot that I made back 7,000 years ago, right? right, right. <laughs> Yeah. So why do you think that is? Is it because of just cultural taboo and therefore artists haven't like why are there why are there more people not going after the cosmic piece or are there and I haven't found them? So there's a lot in that question. Um, so for me, it's funny, like I I had gone through my whole life kind of looking for this thing that when I stumbled upon it, you know, mm -hmm. it was it's like. How is this possible that the only thing I've found that touches what I'm what I needed to hear is from ancient history, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like I see this uh this tantric and Taoist art and right. writings where they're talking about sexuality in this way that there's just nothing that you can find contemporary that acknowledges the same you know, what they're describing. And it's like how is that possible that perspective which is such a honoring yeah, yeah. And, and just faded off culturally you know and i think it, w it was as simple as i was reading a line in a book that said taoist they saw having sexual desire as being a sign of being touched by the divine mm. you know and this idea that whereas we would call it being horny you know it's a hormonal <laughs> some kind of chemical thing going on yeah uh, not some being in tune, being that receptive to something cosmic, something kind of bigger than us that's activating us, that's calling us and our life force out of us. Yeah. And to see that, and then you see it in, in Tantra Garden on temples, and that is such a rational, it's such a, such a reasonable way to understand sexuality. Yeah. And it's like, how could I go through you know, my whole life, not even encountering those ideas and find them in, you know, some photos of a, in an art book or an anthropology book. Yeah. So, so your question of like, why is, or is it being done? What it's, it's conspicuously absent, you know? It really is. And, it really, really. And there's a truth. When I look at your art, what you have channeled, I, that's exactly my reaction is I'm like, there's a truth here that's operating at a different level than the capitalistic and puritanical machine that cranks out what I'm supposed to think about stuff and more mm -hmm. operating at a human level that I think anyone that, and I'm sure as everyone's listening to us talk, they're going to be going over here and taking a look at what we're talking about because this is a podcast and they can't see it. But right. I think everyone's going to be able to look at this and that listens to this show and, and go, oh my God, this is a language I speak. There's a, there is, if it's not every single one of the words that you've somehow found, mm -hmm. it's the vast majority of them, at least um, the vast majority of them. And that's yeah. crazy that you've touched that, you know, you've figured that out. Yeah. I mean, it's still evolving. Um, you know, another aspect of the work for me is Joseph Campbell's always been this huge influence um, mm -hmm. and opened me up to so much. But one of these things is this mythology, all the great mythologies of the world, these epics, these archetypes. And I think the love in my life, the experiences I've had, the experiences that everyone has had is as legendary. You know, everyone has these pivotal kind of connections or these dark places that it's taken them, these high places. We've all been on these journeys a few times, many times, but those are our own legends. 
and they are as epic as the ones we read about the ones that are carried through cultures we all have a version of that and it's worth celebrating it's worth seeing what a grand scale it is to be a human and to feel so deeply and to be changed so deeply and to be that alive it's not all the time but it doesn't need to be it's like those real powerful kind of landmarks in our lives are these legends and it's you know it's great to use that language to describe these experiences when you have been finding these xylophone notes that you've been hitting mm -hmm. has it helped you figure out things about past relationships or how you relate to other people or like yeah yeah i mean there's a it's an amazing uh circular process for me you know this kind of blessing just for me in terms of having found this this practice that supports my my own life right so in some ways once i can capture a feeling once i can find this form to contain it i feel unburdened you know i feel like i don't need to keep holding those things it's in each of these images and mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of this amazing relief to have it out of me and to know that it's containing and still emanating that thing. I can just go back to it. Um, <laughs> so that I think I'd always been looking for a way to clear my own space. Yeah. But it also is kind of this ritual of bringing new things into my life and very much about what I put my attention on amplifies. And then the whole way it's evolved and instagram and all these things it's it's amazing how it's proof of itself you know that what i'm putting my attention on is becoming bigger and i'm then able to put more of my attention on it and what i'm bringing you know into my physical reality is then expanding um huh. so there's this kind of magic to it which is amazing a have you been in a relationship while you've been creating this yeah, I mean, a lot of these are those stories. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. You know, when I look at different pieces, I see they're, they're kind of monuments to experiences I've had with people. And uh, hmm. it's, uh, yeah. Have you ever thought about trying to tune in to something that may or may not be in your vocabulary at all? So, for instance you may not be bi or gay or have any kind of same-sex drive inside of you, at least now. And you sit down and you think, I'm going to see if I can tap into something that, that's just not in my zone or whatever in my, inside of me. One thing that I feel badly about is that I'm not expressing a whole range of the spectrum for so many people. And... I don't think it's clear to a lot of people that this is personal and it's biographical. Uh -huh. I think many people th see it as some objective kind of display of sexuality, but it's not. It's not objective in any way. And so... You're channeling what's inside of you, yeah, right? Yeah, and the, yeah. the desire and the things that make activate me, and only the most intense ones, I'm not even touching a whole category of weaker signals that are passing through me. I'm hmm. because of time limitations. Sure. I, I go, right. What's the most powerful thing activating me at this moment. And so there's so much that I'm not touching and I'm really trying to not approach the art like intellectually or let me try this idea out. 
Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, I have not kind of expressed that whole range that you're asking about. I'm sure, you know, I could kind of find that space, Uh but it just hasn't called me. You haven't gone too far down this road anyway. So, I mean, there's all kinds of areas you're going to shine a flashlight on. Who knows where you're going to end up. Is this happening late at night and you've kind of, you're exhausted and you've, I don't know, smoked a big bowl and you're just like, this is my space and I've protected it from my day job and everything else. And and I'm just going to kind of let my head go hog wild or is there a, I still am trying to figure out the, just the diversity aspect of this is, mm. is really big. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a really wide range. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of that, um, I think it's only going to get wider um, mm-hmm. because there's so much stuff that I have not even been able to touch it. Yeah. So I think it's going to expand in terms of that process though. I, you know, I encountered this one thing that gave me license to work in this way, okay. and that was being exposed to ecstatic poetry and, and Rumi and that whole oh, kind of attitude, which is, you know, as I experienced it, for me, the poetry is all about the exaltation of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, it's like the work does not need to stand any test of cultural or objective or fit in anything it's a personal prayer right right so that's enough of a reason to do anything oh, absolutely um, and to have that as a daily practice or a part of my life it, it just gets bigger and bigger and yeah. it's such it's like a meditation almost it is and it's a it's a really powerful space to bring in to my life um yeah. And that's really the idea behind the work is it's not about producing pieces. It's mm-hmm. about living in this space of celebration and exaltation of how profound and amazing the spirit is. Yeah. yeah. And having uh, just a ritual to to go in and be in it and then, you know, watch it take form. So. Have people given you harsh criticism? For me, like, it would never dawn on me to do that. But there must be some, like you said, some people are just going to filter themselves out. But on the other hand, there's probably something that you've heard where you're like, what, really? Like, I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's multiple levels of criticism. I, I don't know. Um, because some of it's in a juvenile style or even the medium is, I think it appears to be not high art or unclear if this is professional art you know there's there's a technical level where maybe it's it's easily misconstrued so there's that kind of critical view which i I don't get that much of but um i would understand it you know it's uh that's part of why i don't want to work in that way i think Mm -hmm. it's so easy to think something is beautiful and amazing because of the virtuosity of it and never actually stop and experience it Mm -hmm. um that's it's almost like you get cheated out of experiencing it because it's so well done. So then there's there's all these tears. I see the way the the art gets passed around in social media, and it's like uh. the laughing at it is kind of this entry point. Like if it's somehow it's compelling someone, their most comfortable way to experience it is to laugh or make fun of it, right? But, to relieve the pressure or something. Yeah, it would, yeah. but actually it's like. A maintaining attention on it 
and moving it along, which is an interesting, it's actually an acceptance of it. Absolutely. Um, so even commenting, and then there's the, the, the troll, you know, which is its own thing, which is more about them and not about it. Right. So, I'm lonely. <laughs> so there's that, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then I guess it does occasionally touch buttons, touch nerves, seen out of context, you know, like, uh, one criticism maybe that, that it's heteronormative, uh -huh. you know, it's not because I am not encouraging. Well, it's back to the other conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. This is what's inside of you. Right. So, but so out of context, it may be criticized on that, but in general, I, it, it's amazing the support versus yeah. like the critical kind of. Yeah. What's the most amazing thing that's happened to you since you've got what you've got like what a quarter million people that are now tracking you on this thing or more or I don't know yeah, how many. I guess it's approaching like half a million. But half a million. Oh, okay. We're on the way there. Yeah. It's... So what's what's happened in the kind of reaching out to you outside of your stream that what you went oh jesus i would have never even imagined that would have happened besides this podcast of course <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot and it's uh you know a lot of it it's hard for me to really believe mm -hmm. it's uh you know one thing that i really love is a lot of people will create their own versions of my work oh um, really like what like they will draw or paint or oh wow crochet or reproduce in by their own hand their favorite image oh my god um and they send it to you or they just post it they'll and post tag it you? tag me wow maybe send it and you know i'm for me it's like i've always copied work that i've admired or sure or has inspired me or whatever you know we that's, all have, yeah. i'm very familiar with that feeling of wanting to do my own version of something but to see that that's a thing that's happening like regularly you know uh -huh. i i really i think that's amazing because i would that's what i want like i want i love that idea of this not being about me and my work but being about a thing that anyone can do which is um kind of what's like step into that space of their own version of it you know i, I mean I, I just the support is overwhelming it's it's kind of not supposed to be this this isn't the way media is supposed to be or or the world you know you're supposed to kind of just do your thing and be met with like the worst right, right? and uh <laughs> instead it's so and then i get a lot of messages that are really sincere uh -huh. um you know, so sincere and earnest that I am almost, it's hard to let that in. Cause yeah. It's like, is They're this really uh, resonating on that level? I believe it, but I am kind of humbled by it. It's because uh, I'm not trying to do that, but it's. You yeah, know, you're not manipulating, you know, people by creating this stuff. Yeah, you're I'm, channeling. I'm not like, like valuing it based on how directly it connects, but yeah it's like and yeah to answer your question i guess more directly um you know a lot of these things that i need to say for myself and and celebrate about life for for it to be received is just such an affirmation um i'll do and sometimes it's not the sensational image it's not the one that's shocking mm -hmm. you know like for example there's a piece of uh two hands kind of connecting 
And that's such a basic, un, you know, that's not shocking. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing uh, outrageous Salacious. about it. Yeah. yeah. And yet that idea of in that simple moment of connection is such an exchange and it's it's uh so momentous you know like so much happens or can be symbolized in two hands kind of crossing into each other um and then to see that's one that's received and resonates with many people that really makes me feel uh, i mean it's such an affirmation that um that experience that is meaningful to me is we all share it so I have to ask you, though, at some point, do you feel like it's inevitable where I know that you separate, you want this to be about the art, you don't make it about yourself. Do you feel kind of like inevitably you're going to not always be Banksy? You know, you're, you're going to your identity and a bunch of other stuff's going to kind of come out and there'll be a right time for that. Or do you feel like it's something you never want to do or? Yeah, yeah. I respect it, by the way. I think it's great that that you make it um, its own thing. But yeah, I don't know how you how you're thinking about it. Yeah, basically, uh, I'm thinking that, you know, I, I need to be flexible. It doesn't excite me to kind of bring my person into this. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem like something that's going to add fuel or, um, but I, I also don't want it to become a thing that I am paranoid about. Right. You know? So it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay for this to be out there. I'm just not going to put it at, in my attention. Um, right, right. To any big level, so right. I don't think it will change the main course of what I'm doing, which is is just really building out this territory, building out this mythology, and trying to extend it to a, make it richer and richer. And yeah, you know, the one thing um, that I was going to to kind of communicate about the work is this idea of imagination. Mm. Um, I think there's a conventional view that imagination and memory, these are kind of like mechanical functions, uh, some kind of psychological phenomenon. And I've, I've kind of really been experiencing it. It's more like this psychic kind of ability, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, the idea with memory of being in multiple places, um, going into the past, uh, revisiting a location, it's like it kind of crosses this time and space barrier. And then imagination as in being able to access and bring things into this reality from somewhere else um and it's it's this kind of muscle or this ability that can be cultivated or really worked with and then on that level there's two ways it can go you can um, bring in all your fear paranoia all the reaction against the world. And I think for a lot of my creative life, most of my work was reactive to everything that's being kind of pushed on me, Hmm. reactions to the media or, which is a profound kind of uh, output in itself. I'm not kind of disparaging that, but I had kind of decided to only creatively express the things that the world that I believe in, you know, the one that I want to celebrate and imagination as you know this force that kind of you, you you begin a language and then it extends and it keeps going and it becomes part of the language of reality and i think witnessing this world that i'm working in start to be legitimate you mm-hmm. know is this 
weird kind of proof of concept. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that really tapping into your imagination and letting it really be what it wants to be. Yeah, and allowing that. Um, and then in general, allowing the beauty of the life that we see, you know? Yeah. There's so much conditioning to not allow it. To not personally. see it, yeah. Yeah, to to diminish it, to uh, to believe in the limitations and to not feel. So that's, that's the utopian space is like kind of recognizing it doesn't mean or do anything to to dream up something it doesn't have to be stand any test right know? it's like just to be able to conjure to to imagine to be in that is its own rightful yeah. thing you know and maybe that's why your kid like approach to this works too is because uh -huh. when we are kids we, right. we do that with abandon. I mean, we, we don't have the cultural programming yet to say, yeah. oh, I've got to get, worry about this or that. You just kind of let it out. And yeah. and it's interesting. I, I was just reading in a book or listening to a book, and they were talking about how, you know, we have this kind of, and I look at podcast sound waves all the time, right? And it's like, we've got a sound wave inside of us. When other people sound waves that are slightly different, and not on the same frequency bash into us like you're saying and there's like a, this onslaught of kind of almost a, almost a demand to tune into something else that's mm -hmm. coming at you yeah. versus tuning into yourself and letting those other things be what they are but really really magnifying the thing inside of you and that is what this channeling that you're doing is doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> so first of all Thank you again for doing it, and thank you for agreeing to drive way the hell out here to yeah, Mill no, Valley. Yeah, Great to talk to you. And to be on Grow Big Always. So yeah. make sure you go to Instagram and check out Alpha Channeling uh, and all of his amazing, amazing work. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Sam. Huge thank you to Alpha Channeling. You can find his work at Instagram.com slash alpha channeling or just go to alphachanneling.com and while you're online why not go over to growbigalways.com and check out our weekly news alert that you can sign up uh, on the bottom of every single one of our pages you can also check out all the previous episodes that we've released lots of great stuff i know i've learned a ton doing this show it's a passion project of mine and really the growth that that i'm getting from listening to amazing people that are resonating in a frequency that i really respect I also want to respect all of you guys for spreading the word, for posting on social media, for telling your friends about the show, for belly bumping, back flipping, and overall high-fiving about it. To all you guys, thanks for listening.